Welcome to another episode of the Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast, where we offer actions and steps you can take today to start balancing your hormones naturally. This is your podcast host, Leah Brueggemann. I am a functional diagnostic nutritional practitioner. I am honored and excited to be your guide on your journey to better understanding your hormonal health and how it affects your everyday life. Welcome back to another episode. We have Caitlin on again, and we're going to be talking about exercise and movement with your cycle and how to optimize that for whatever your goals are, muscle gain, weight loss, strength, energy, uh, anything else, happiness, (laughs) All, all sorts of things. Just overall more energy, flexibility, yeah. mobility, all the things that come with having a fitness routine. I want to put out a massive like disclaimer here because I think there's like this um, rise in like anti-cycle thinking, I think, where it's like anti-following your cycle with your workouts because you're not going to make any gains. And um we are 100% not not saying okay that was confusing we aren't saying that you shouldn't lift at all parts of your cycle or you shouldn't work out during all parts of your cycle we're not saying that we're saying optimize your workouts to support your hormones and therefore your hormones are going to support your workouts i mean it's literally i i feel like everybody knows this and it, it's still I have not been weightlifting. I was weightlifting four to five days a week, and now it's two to three days a week. And (laughs) I went to do my bench press. I was like, I'm so weak. What happened to me? I can't lift. And then um, this week I was in my follicular phase, and I was back up to my my typical. I go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually not losing my gains by, you know, not lifting this many times. I was just in my luteal phase. So understanding your cycle – it's so important. So I'm just going to be quiet now and let Caitlin take it away and I'll ask fun questions that we're all thinking. Yeah. So like you said, there are a ton of different ways that we can optimize our goals when it comes to fitness and understanding our cycle and how it all plays into each other. So tracking your cycle is super helpful because you know you don't want to just wing it and be guessing where you're at in your cycle because that's not going to it's not going to really do you any good. So, you know, starting with your basal body thermometer or your temp drop, whatever your whatever device you're using to track your temperatures is going to be best, plugging it into an app. And then, of course, understanding the different phases. So day one of your cycle starts your menstrual phase. And then once you're done bleeding, that starts your follicular phase. Once you get that temp spike, that's going to start your ovulatory phase. And then about five days after that, you know, in terms of workouts, that's when your luteal phase will start. So track your cycle and then knowing how each phase works in terms of workouts can be really helpful. So in the first half of your cycle, you know, instead of breaking up like your first half being menses and follicular, in terms of workouts, I like to do follicular and ovulatory um, because those phases line up really well with each other when it comes to workouts. So 
These phases are when you're going to feel more energized. You're going to build muscle more easily. You're going to burn fat more easily. Um, you're going to be able to kick butt in those high intensity workouts, whether that's heavier lifting or doing a spin class or a boot camp. You know, those are the times to, those are the phases to be doing those types of workouts, the things that, you know, kind of require more energy when you have it. And then once you are about five days post ovulatory or post ovulation, then you're going to want to switch up your workouts to do more like endurance training during weightlifting, um, maybe do some yoga, some bar classes, some Pilates, because these are very restorative to you. And, you know, once you hit your luteal phase, that's when your body is producing more cortisol and exercise also produces more cortisol. So if you're doubling down on this and doing really hard, intense, even long workouts in your luteal phase, your body is just going to be this cortisol producing machine instead of being that lean, mean, fat burning machine that you want to be when it comes to working out. You know, I feel like a lot of us have the idea, you know, you know, you work out to lose weight or build strength. You know, we all have different goals, but there's always some form of goal like that in mind. And when you work out smarter, not harder, you can actually reach your goals a lot quicker. So um, I think just paying attention, most of all, to what phase you're in and respecting what's going on with your body, as well as listening to what your body is trying to tell you. Um, like you said, when you were benching and it felt super difficult, you know, then you realize you're in your luteal phase. Once you got out of that back into your follicular, you were right back where you were, like with your strength, where it was much better. Um, so listening to your body and leaning into that and knowing just like, okay, it's not me. I'm not weak. It's not because I am only doing two or three days this week instead of four or five. It is literally just what is going on internally. And that's okay. I'll be back in it in a couple of weeks once I'm done with my period. It's so powerful. Yeah. I think it is to not like lose your mind and think, um, you know, what's going on with you. I, I want to, well, first, if you still are like, I don't know how to track my cycle, um, we'll link an episode that we did years ago on the basics of tracking your cycle. So you can kind of, you know, listen to that and really get to know where you're, where you're going. Ladies, my number one hack for blood sugar balance because we know that this is so important for balanced hormones is to always have a meat stick and a protein bar in all places. So my purse, my diaper bag, I don't leave them in the car because if it got too hot, they'd probably go bad. Um, because if something happens and my plan goes awry, I always have something that I can grab when I am hungry. So I can have something that's going to nourish my body, um, not going to be an issue with my blood sugar, going to keep me satiated, not going to make me hangry. And my go-to meat sticks are Paleo Valley. And let me tell you why. So they are 100% grass-fed beef. Beef, grass-fed and finished. That's the big word that I would like to 
you know, put across to you guys. The farmers use rotational grazing practices. So they're always on green pastures, free of chemicals and pesticides. They're never fed grain. They're never given antibiotics. They use organic spices. And you ready for like the another kicker that just sets them apart is they actually use this old natural method of fermenting their sticks. So they are shelf stable without using the chemicals to make meat sticks. So you aren't using any citric acid. You're not using any GMO products. You're not using any um, hydrogenated oils in this process. It's just a fermentation process, which is what makes them shelf stable. And then also you're getting all these gut friendly probiotics at the same time. So wins all around. These are what I am have everywhere. They're they're in my diaper bag. They're in my pantry. They're in my purse. I always, always have them on hand. I love them all. Teriyaki. Oh my goodness. Literally. Mm, such a good flavor. Summer sausage. Ugh, again, such a good flavor. The original, you really can't go wrong. I'm going to be 100% honest though. I am not a spicy person. So please don't ask me how the jalapeno is because I don't know. I am not a spicy person. My husband though is obsessed with jalapeno and all of the spice. So, you know, as long as you love spice, you will love that. It, you cannot go wrong. I love the transparency of their company. I love the transparency of the ingredients and you guys, we love the taste. So, which is so important. So, you cannot go wrong. You will be just as obsessed as I am. And of course, they give you a wonderful discount. Thank you so much to Paleo Valley for partnering with us. You can go to paleovalley.com slash Leah and save 15% on your first order. That is P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com forward slash Leah. You can use the discount code Leah, L-E-A-H, to save 15% on your first order. Um, I would, can we just dispel some like myths? So, um, so many, so many myths. So I, I think it also depends on like what kind of parents you grew up with and what kind of like fitness era maybe is, I guess the word I'm looking for era you grew up in. Um, I believe that I grew up in like the, the bun, the cardio bunny era where it's like, you like even my dad to this day it's like ellipticals treadmill (laughs) yes and so when I started getting into movement and working out I thought like you have to be dripping in sweat you have to be like laying on the ground not capable of moving um you have to be dead you have to be exhausted your workout needs to be at least an hour um and otherwise you you didn't work out and I was constantly Googling like um, 30 days to flat abs workout or whatever. Like you would think this one specific movement was going to change the game in your ab workout or whatever. So yeah, let's talk about that. Do you, do you have to be dying? Like do your workouts have to be an hour to see results? Like should you be dripping in sweat? Um, absolutely not. You know, that kind of comes with the work smarter, not harder. When you are expending that much energy day in and day out, you are actually doing more harm than good, especially as a female, because our bodies are not the same every day. There are different hormonal fluctuations going on every single day. And when you are just pushing yourself to the point of exhaustion, 
and, you know, trying to make yourself as sore as possible every day and not even allowing your body to recover from that, um, you're actually going to slow down the recovery process. You're not going to build muscle more efficiently. You're not going to lose the weight. Um, and especially if you're not eating enough to, to respect like how hard you're working out. A lot of women aren't eating enough protein and they're spending an hour, hour and a half in the gym working their hardest and they get so frustrated that they're not seeing results and, you know, they're not even eating enough to support that kind of intensity. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be realistic with yourself and just be real with like what your goals are and kind of work out around that. And I just think that's where understanding your cycle can come in so handy because knowing that we have these fluctuations every day and learning how to give yourself grace and respect your body, it, it teaches you that you don't have to go hard all the time in order to see results. Yes, there are times in our cycle where we are able to go harder, longer, strong, we're stronger, all those things, but it's not every single day. And, um, again, with that cortisol production, your body, you don't want to be producing, you don't want to put your body in cortisol overload Mm -hmm. because eventually then it's all going to catch up to you. And you could wreck your metabolism because you have this cortisol being pumped all the time throughout your body. You're not eating enough to support it, which is going to slow down your metabolism. And that's why you might feel like, oh my gosh, I've been spending, I've been doing an hour of weightlifting, an hour of cardio every day. Why am I not seeing results? And that comes down to your hormones and your hormones are more than just estrogen, progesterone, um, testosterone, you know, that includes, um, like insulin that includes, um, melatonin, you know, how well are you sleeping? Stuff like that. So it all just really plays a huge role together. Mm -hmm. And when you're only focusing on one thing, maybe that's a calorie burn or just doing really hard workouts all the time, Mm -hmm. you're really just going to wreak havoc. Eventually it's all eventually going to catch up to you and give you the results you don't it's want. It's an oxidative like it's a stress on your body. Like that oxidation mm-hmm. rate that um I always like to think about oxidation as your body rusting. <laughs> you know? And so if you constantly like think about that um the rust happening cuz you're pushing 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 and not repairing 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 like working out like I don't want this to come across and Caitlin doesn't want this to come across as you shouldn't work out and you shouldn't push hard because you should, but you have to do it intelligently. Like gone are the days. Like if you are, you have feel like you need a nap after your workout or you are constantly sore, like you work out and then you're just sore for like two weeks. So you're like, I I just don't even want to look at the gym again. Hey, that could be a thyroid issue, but if that is happening or you are just starving all the time, but you, you know, you have weight loss goals. So you keep saying no to food, no to food and work out harder, work out harder. And you're just miserable and you're not sleeping well and you're sore. You aren't seeing the body composition changes. Something isn't working. Like that is what we want to dispel is that like movement needs to be miserable. You need to be dying at all times. You know, movement is such a celebration of what your body can do. Um, and I'm not a power lifter, uh, like Caitlin. So I don't have like 
the goal of deadlifting 300 pounds. That sounds Mm -hmm. terrifying to me, but (laughs) I do want to get stronger. And by following this, I have increased my weights. I have been able to see those strength goals. And that's the thing that I, I always hear people say like, oh, you can't cycle sync your workouts because you'll never get stronger if you're taking off two weeks out of every month. I'm like, I'm actually not taking off two weeks. So I'm able to increase my weight and my follicular and ovulatory phase because I'm smart in my luteal and my menses phase and I can maintain, maintain and support. And then I'm actually able to increase my weight again when I come back to so that my weight is constantly going up in terms of my strength. I'm getting stronger, seeing more muscle gains and muscle definition because of how Caitlin structures like the workouts around the cycle. And um, I, I, I love that structure because I – so Caitlin does our, our workout programming for like all of the clients in Hormone Reset Program and Premium Access and in her membership. Um, and I, when I used to do my workouts, like I would I would go in and I would hit like my muscle groups. Like I would have a leg day. I would have an upper body day. And I did not see the strength gains or even muscle composition as much as I did when I started structuring that around my cycle with Caitlin's workouts. I don't know what it is. I'm not really sure if it's how you like set the workouts up or, or what it is, but it's good. Yeah. So, um, one of the best ways to build muscle is by following progressive overload. And what that means is You're basically manipulating some sort of variable in your workouts each week. So the the variables are going to be like your sets, reps, um, the volume, like how much you're lifting, the weight, like the weight you're using. Um, So each week you want to be manipulating one of those or changing one of those in order to see progress. And that's how I program in my membership as well as for the hormone reset program. So, um, you know, some people say that like, you know, it's not possible, but it totally is with your, with your, um, cycle. So with that in our follicular and ovulatory phase, um, we're going to be doing like anywhere from three to four sets of anywhere from eight to 10 reps. Okay, so when your reps are lower, that's when you're going to want to be lifting heavier because you don't have to do it. You don't have to complete the rep as many times. So you're able to go heavier, right? Um, And then once we hit luteal phase, we're going to start working a little bit more on endurance and maybe start doing anywhere from 12 to 15 reps. And when the rep is higher, that's when you're going to want to be doing less weight because you have to do that. You have to complete the rep more times than you did in your follicular and ovulatory phase. Hopefully that makes sense. But the way that I manipulate the sets and reps and the weight that you're using helps you to build muscle more efficiently. And then it's always important to have some sort of deload week where you are cutting back on the intensity And that naturally happens for women during our menses phase. So that's the phase where we take a week, we cut back a little bit on the intensity, 
And then that's why when you jump back into your follicular phase, you feel strong again because your body isn't made to be going hard all the time. Like, especially, you know, I know not everyone's a power lifter, but in power lifting, like if I was lifting heavy every single week, that's really taxing on my nervous system. And eventually my body's not going to be able to do it. Um, so you program deload weeks where you cut back the intensity, the sets, the reps, the weight, that, the amount of weight that you're using. And then usually after that week, you just feel so much better. you you give your body more time to recover. And, you know, typically this is during menses when you're already just like, probably not as high energy. You're just like, I just need to get some movement in and be done. And then once you're done bleeding, you can hop right back into your follicular phase where you left off from before and ultimately feel better, stronger, and you're likely even going to be able to increase your weights from the last time you were in your follicular mm -hmm. phase. Yeah. So if we're just going to break this down, think like follicular and ovulatory phase, you're able to lift heavier, less reps, and then you do luteal menses, you do more reps, lower weight. Mm -hmm. um, and you can even mix in some other things in there, like especially in luteal and menses, if you're wanting to do like a little bit of yep. cross training, that's low impact. Like maybe you want to do Pilates or um, a yoga class or, you know, a stretching class or, you know, something like that. Um, movement is, is good. And I, Caitlin, if we could talk a little bit about just like not cross training. That's not the word I'm looking for. Just getting in active rest days. That's the word I'm looking for because people are like, oh, I work out three days a week. But like it, we have seen this so often with clients that have desk jobs where, I mean, if they track their steps, they get 3,000 steps, 6,000 on a good day. And it's like working out three days a week is not going to counteract the lack of movement that we have outside of that. So could we talk about like what active rest days are, why they're important, what that looks like. Yeah. So like you were just saying, one 30-minute workout or even an hour-long workout, if you're sitting all day, is not going to be that beneficial. Of course, it's going to be better than doing absolutely nothing on those three days. But it's really important to keep your body moving all throughout the day. That's why even like going for... 10 minute walks throughout the day is really important um, because you just want to do as much as you can to keep your mobility up, your flexibility up. Um, the more that you sit, especially the tighter everything is, especially your hamstrings, your hip flexors, which those two are big for causing low back pain. And a lot of people that sit a lot experience low back pain. So it's really important that even on the days that you work out, you still keep your body moving. And if you are, say you're lifting three days a week, awesome, phenomenal. Let's mix it up in your phases with some other workouts throughout the week. So like I mentioned, follicular and ovulatory, great times to do like a spin class, a boot camp class, a, some sort of group fitness class, something that's going to feel like getting helps you get your energy out and it's going to fuel that desire that you probably have to be social. Okay. So that's why it's okay. Like go try something new. Um, even if you feel like you just need to do something more low key, go do some yoga, go for a walk on those days that you're not weightlifting. 
Um, and just to say, I am very strongly opinionated on weightlifting for women because of the benefits that it has, um, you know, amazing mental health benefits, the changes it can make to your body composition, as well as preventing osteoporosis, which is very prevalent in women Mm -hmm. as we age. And resistance training is the number one way to slow that process down. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. But weightlifting can slow it down way, slow it way down. And the more that you do it now, the better you'll set up your success. So that's why you hear me saying weightlifting is so important throughout every single phase. Um, Because you'll hear a lot of people say, oh, you shouldn't lift weights in your luteal and mentis phase. Well, the benefits of weightlifting far outweigh anything negative that could happen from luteal, like lifting in your luteal and menses phase. That's why you just work out smarter during those phases and maybe switch it to more endurance training. Um, So that's why you'll hear me always talking about weightlifting throughout every phase of your cycle. But then in your luteal and menses phase, you know, we're still lifting and Maybe on your rest days, you're going for walks, you're doing some Pilates, you're doing some yoga, you're doing some bar. It's so important to get some form of movement in every single day. It doesn't have to be strenuous. It doesn't have to be you giving it your all. It's just, like I said, maybe it's going for more walks. Maybe it's doing some stretching. Um, It's just doing something because you really just want to avoid sitting all day because that is not healthy for you at all, especially for, um, your blood sugar. You know, Leah talks a lot about blood sugar balance and especially weight training is one of the best things that you can do for balancing your blood sugar because it sends that circulating glucose in your bloodstream to your muscles so that it actually has somewhere to go instead of just continuously circulating Mm -hmm. around your bloodstream and spiking your blood sugar. Yeah. Uh, weightlifting movement sensitizes those cells to insulin. So I know, you know, you may have heard like if you have high cortisol levels, you shouldn't be, you know, I don't know, doing hard workouts, but you and you shouldn't be doing like hit. Um, but you could do you can do weightlifting, keeping it to thirty minutes, um, PCOS, insulin resistance, blood sugar. Like this is one of the best things that you can do. Literally, Caitlin's workouts thirty minutes done, dusted, um, check mark, you're done. Um, and then there's so many other ways to get movement in. Remember, movement is a celebration that our body can move, and um, I I think we need to look at all of the benefits that movement brings to us and stop being like I'm working out because I want to lose weight you know like if you need to throw out the scale throw out the scale like working out movement is so good like she said for your blood sugar it's so good for your mental health it's so good for um it's so good for preventing or helping slow down osteoporosis you know um it, it has all of these benefits outside of weight loss. So, um, you know, better sleep, you know, all of these, Mm -hmm. all of these things. And so some of the ways that I get in movement that have nothing to do with, you know, working out, um, is when you can take the steps instead of an elevator, you know, that's 
literally something as simple as that parking farther away from the grocery store door so you have to walk um a little bit farther um things like that are really really simple um we have so many stairs in our house so i'm constantly going you know up and down those um i have a walking pad i have a standing desk so when i have meetings which like caitlin and i are about to hop on one in about an hour like i always walk during those meetings because um it's i put it on really slow because i i for some reason can't think and walk fast (laughs) so i put it on so slow and but I'll, i'll get a mile or two in and get some movement in there um i know some i know other people that use walking pads you can also do um some people even do steppers i don't know i don't know if i could like focus like stepping while i was on a meeting that might be hard yeah but all of these ways are just ways to get some movement in or standing up at your desk for literally three minutes after you do something to do some you know calf raises or or something you know i think it's just getting up, walking around your room. I don't know if you have other ways you get it in because I think we we take away movement and we think like, oh, I got a 30-minute workout in. I'm good, even though we literally sit for the rest of the day. Yeah, so even like little things like walking to get the mail instead of driving on like or like stopping by on your way home or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's a big one for me. I also am really intentional with movement in the morning and, you know, getting morning walks is really good for your circadian rhythm and telling your body it's time to wake up. So I am really good about going for just a 20 minute walk with my dogs in the morning. It helps them out. It helps me out. Um, I'm starting the day off with some steps, which is great. Um, I make a little, just a protein shake with just my protein and my creatine in it. Um, is like a pre-breakfast snack because, um, you know, it's really important to eat once you wake up. Um, and then, yeah, just like being more intentional, I think it is. Um, I also try and schedule walks for myself after I eat meals, even if it's just 10 minutes because every little bit helps. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think this is good because it also feeds my inner child, but I am a part of two softball teams. I grew up playing softball and I play in the two slow pitch leagues and that helps me get movement in. And it also helps, like I said, feed that inner child. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can do things like that, like signing up for group activities and things that sound fun to you. Maybe that you used to do as a kid, maybe that's riding your bike. Maybe you used to love doing that. Um, But really fitness should be enjoyable and it doesn't have to look like doing a workout Mm -hmm. every single time. So I think it's also important to ask yourself, like, what were the things that you enjoyed as a kid? And, you know, you can still do those things as adults. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But a lot of it too, is just shedding that cultural belief around whatever you think fitness looks like, Mm -hmm. because we have been We've been conditioned, like we were talking about, to think that workouts have to be hard. You have to be dripping sweat. You have to be so sore the next day. And that's just not the case at all. Soreness is not a reflection of how good your workout is. Mm -hmm. It's a reflection of how not great your recovery is, (laughs) honestly. So... Oh yeah, it's just that that was like a whole bomb that you kind of dropped right there. (laughs) Um... Which it's, I mean, it's nice 
I feel like sometimes to be like, oh, wow, I'm sore. Like I targeted different muscles or whatever if it's a newer workout. But um, that is definitely a myth that you have to let go of is that if you're not sore after your workout, then it wasn't a good workout. I feel like anytime you get movement in is checkmark. Like good job. Like you never regret getting that movement in. But we – um I guess I really want this whole episode to just encourage people to move. Like even if, you know, you don't get a 30-minute workout in, I encourage you to, you know, start weightlifting if that's like the, you know, the soup cans or whatever that you use at your house. But just move more intentional movement, like take an extra lap around the grocery store, like park farther away, you know, go up and down your steps a few more times, just encourage yourself to stand up every hour and just move. You know, I think uh, we get, we've gotten so uh, brainwashed with diet culture and working out is for weight loss. And I went to the gym for three hours today and it's like, you don't have to do that. You can go in half an hour, have a targeted good workout, and then just be movable the rest of the day um which i think is we just don't do you know like you know little things where can you walk instead of you know riding i love um the hobby one i started horseback riding again and it's a great i mean i am winded after like a jump course like i'm sitting there panting so um yeah that's awesome there's so many ways i'm proud of you for doing that it's so <laughs> fun. Like Mm -hmm. talk about feeding your inner child. Like that is one of the best things that I do for my HRV (laughs) is right. Horseback riding. Like, um, HRV, which if you guys don't know is your heart rate variability, the higher the number, the more, um, flexible, like the more your nervous system is able to adapt to stress, your body can bounce back. So I know that we are all obsessed with functional medicinal mushrooms. And I know I'm obsessed, but there are some things that are really important to know when it comes to buying mushroom supplements. So A, you're not wasting your money. So you're not getting a product that um, doesn't have the dosage and levels that you need. And B, you're not wasting your money on something that maybe is full of fillers and not even helping you. It's maybe potentially harming you. So USDA certified organic, that is so important. You, it needs to be certified organic. Okay end of story. Um, I look for fruiting body only, um, grown on wood. That's another really big one. Um, It needs to be a mushroom extract. And one of the things that is so important and so often missed by companies is it needs to be third-party tested. So they need to be sending it off to somebody else that's testing it and making sure that it has the benefits that they say. For example, when I'm taking a cordyceps, um, I want to know what levels of beta-glucans are in there. And when they send this off to be tested, they're testing for that. And if you can see their certificate of analysis, you can see the levels that are in there. And I love Aversio Wellness Mushrooms because you can go right on their website and you can see all of these things, including the certificate of analysis under each of their products. It's dated. You can see exactly what the company is seeing, which I just think is so important in terms of transparency. You know what you're spending your money on, right? And dosage is so important. You need to be taking the dosage um, that all these studies are done on. Now, 
With Aversio mushrooms, the thing that is amazing about them is that their extraction method, for example, cordyceps is eight to one extraction method. So I can take one capsule, I can take one capsule and have the crude equivalent of getting 4,000 milligrams of um, cordyceps. And it's like, okay, I can take one capsule and get that dosage opposed to like, if you're taking a different companies that doesn't have that extraction, you would have to take a lot more capsules. And obviously that adds up in terms of price and who wants to swallow that many pills, right? I have to tell you that I used to take, uh, I tried a cordyceps um, product from a different company a long time ago and I never noticed a difference. I just was like, why do people love cordyceps? I, I don't see any benefits here. I'm, I'm not loving it. And then I tried Aversio's <laughs> Awaken Blend that has cordyceps in it. And I am telling you, my massive to-do list, I just plowed through my massive to-do list. And my husband came home that night and he's like, how did your to-do list go? How did you get everything done? And I got all of that done plus some. I called my mom. I'm like, you need to get this blend. You need to get cordyceps in your life. You need to get awakened in your life. So you will not be disappointed. Every single person that has tried this has also been obsessed with it. So you can get cordyceps by itself, or you can get the Awaken blend, which has cordyceps, um, turkey tail, which is an amazing immune support in lion's mane, um, which is so good for your brain health and so many other things, focus, all of that. So uh, you'll be obsessed if you get the Awaken blend. Just go to aversiowellness.com, E-V-E-R-S-I-O, and you can use the code Leah, L-E-A-H, to save 15% off your order. Thank you so much to Aversio for partnering with us. I am truly obsessed with their products. You talked about recovery for a second there. Can we talk about some of your favorite ways to optimize recovery, make sure your workouts are working for you? Absolutely. So some of my favorite ways to recover are, of course, eating eating enough food. You need to be eating enough protein. You need to be eating enough carbs to replenish what you just worked through because, um, you know, you need that protein to help repair and rebuild your muscles. Mm -hmm. Every time you lift a weight, you are tearing, it's a micro tear on your muscles. Mm -hmm. So the only way to help with that is to feed your body protein or amino acids. Mm -hmm. Um, so love that your sleep hygiene so important how much and how well you are sleeping because that is where all the repair happens. So aiming for seven to nine hours a night of sleep, you know, you want that deep restful sleep. Um, I love having my aura ring because it tells me how much deep sleep, how much REM sleep I got. Um, It's just so insightful for that. And I always know like when I don't get enough deep sleep, I feel it the next day. Like I am more sore. I'm more tired. So really important, you know, get blackout curtains if you don't have them because you don't want that sun shining on your body because just because your eyes are closed, your skin is still reactive to that sunlight. So your body's going to stop making melatonin and essentially you're going to sleep lighter and not as long. So I love having black blackout curtains in my room. Um, magnesium baths, amazing. Um, you know, taking those three, 
to for whatever works for you, however many baths, um, super helpful. And if you need to just do a foot soak, that's really helpful too, um, because that's replenishing some minerals. It's going to help with the recovery process. Um, you can also do things like red light therapy or sauna therapy to help with recovery. Both of those work super well. You know, you just have to make sure you're staying hydrated. And then with that, you know, hydration in general is super important for recovery. If you are just sweating all the time, or even if you're just very active, but you're not drinking enough water, mm-hmm. your body is going to hold on to that and it's not going to let go of fat as easily. You're not, your muscles aren't going to be hydrated. So they're not going to recover as well. They're going to feel sore longer. So, um, you can also do things like acupressure mats. I love those because you can do them anywhere on your body. You see a lot of people laying on them for their back. Um, but you could do it anywhere and it just gets blood flowing to that area like really well. So you can do that like on your legs if you just did a really hard workout or on your back or your arms, wherever you wanted to. And that is really helpful for recovery. I'm just going to highlight that the first two things she talked about are not things you need to even go by. They're just eat enough food and make sure you sleep, (laughs) you know? And I think that's important because some people will – be super tired, but want to get up at 4 a.m. and chug pre-workout to get that workout in. And it's like your cortisol patterns all over the place, um, you know, and of course, you're probably not going to be hitting the goals that you want to hit because your your cortisol and your diurnal pattern are completely jacked up. Um, so it, it really is honoring and listening to that body. And, you know, uh, it does, we come full circle here because you do like if you are tired all the time and you have no energy, okay, that's not normal. So like chugging pre-workout to work out is not going to help you there. So let's, let's, you know, that's a different episode, different topic. Let's figure out what's going on there. Maybe you just, you're just walking right now and that's fine. If like you're going from zero to just walking, that's, that's great. Yeah. Yep. I hate my acupressure mat I love it but I hate it like it hurts <laughs> I know it's always like the first five minutes are so brutal and then maybe I just but go then numb. I feel like if you can get past <laughs> that it's <laughs> it's just like so much better after the first five minutes <laughs> yeah no it really is I I do really like mine um we have to make an episode like in our hormone happy chat series like about like mm-hmm. the different like ritual things we we go we do for that because yes. I think that would be fun um that would be so fun all right well ladies we need to sign off because I actually need to hop on to another call so thank you as always Caitlin of course I have one thing I want to yes. ask I want to challenge these ladies you ladies that are listening so I know it can be super difficult if you're used to doing hour, hour and a half workouts, and now all of a sudden you're like, wow, I need to do shorter workouts. What the heck? Uh, This isn't, that's not hard enough. You know, if you're finding that a 30 minute workout isn't hard enough, you're either Mm -hmm. taking too long in between your sets or you're not lifting heavy enough. So if you are do, if you are lifting heavy enough and you are doing the proper amount of rest time in between sets, your heart rate should be pumping. 
you should feel tired at not tired because you never want to feel like exhausted after a workout, but you should feel like you just got a really good workout Mm -hmm. in after 30 minutes. So I challenge you bump up those weights, Mm -hmm. pay attention to your rest time. And I promise you, you can get a really good workout in 30 minutes. Yeah. Instead of an hour and a half. I'd ask like Caitlin, because um, I remember asking you this one time because I didn't have a heavier weight option for something. And you were like, oh, um, I- I'm going to get the wording wrong. The slower on the negative. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. So you have eccentric and concentric parts of a workout. The eccentric is the part where the the weight is moving with gravity. So like on a on a barbell squat, you know, the weight's up here. As you go down into the squat, the weight is moving with gravity. That's an eccentric. The concentric is the way back up. So it's going to be different for every exercise. So just think about it like that. But you want to slow down the part where the weight is moving with gravity. So no matter what, how heavy of a weight you're using, the slower you go, this is going to put more time under tension for your mm-hmm. muscle. And that's a way to make the workout more mm-hmm. difficult. Yeah. Um, so you don't need the heaviest weights. Um, You can also add things like pauses. So like in a squat, you can pause for three seconds at the bottom before coming back up. Um, You can add like pulses if you want. So you can come down in a squat, pulse one, two, three, and then come back up. Um, Those are a few of my different or my favorite ways to make an exercise more hard, more difficult when you don't have heavier weights. Yeah. Well, I, well, you should all ask Caitlin, but um, we'll put a link for Caitlin's membership, workout membership, if you want to do hers. Um, they're just a half an hour. And when I, I'm not necessarily always dripping in sweat when I do like the arms, like upper body, but lower body, definitely. And it's 30 minutes and I'm done and check mark, move on with my day. So, yeah. And then you feel like you have time in your day to like go on walks mm-hmm. more or do other yeah, things. I agree. <laughs> just spend an hour and a half just doing one single thing. I agree. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Balancing Hormones Naturally. If you found this helpful, I would love for you to share it with a friend and post it on your stories and tag Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast so we can get this message out. You can find me on Instagram at Leah underscore B-R-U-E-G and I would absolutely love to hear from you.